everyone and a very warm welcome to Grow Your Own Way, a podcast for anyone looking to reclaim the power of their own personal growth and be exactly who they want to be. I'm your host, Kevin Roberts, and I'm a coach, learning and development professional and growth geek who genuinely gets joy out of helping people become the best versions of themselves. Throughout this podcast, we aim to give everyone the belief that there is no one right way to grow, and hopefully we will inspire and motivate people to forge their own paths and in turn live a life that is true to them. In today's episode, we take a look at the positive impact that mistakes can have on our growth. I think it's fair to say that the word mistake conjures a bunch of negative thoughts, so we're going to explore why that is and share some tips on how we can embrace those mistakes for the benefit of our own personal growth. So, if you're ready, let's get started. So, the inspiration for today's episode uh, came when I was just doing a bit of reading and I stumbled across a term called kintsugi. Now this is a Japanese art form and it's where they repair broken pottery using uh, a golden lacquer or powdered gold. Uh, and you may have seen pictures of these bowls. Uh, they, they're just regular tea bowls, but they've got cracks all through them. But they've really embellished the cracks and, and they've really created something quite breathtaking. Now you may instantly be thinking, well, what on earth does that have to do with growth? Uh, but stick with me, I promise that there is a link. But first, I just want to kind of talk you through the origins of Kintsugi. And we go back to the 15th century, where according to art historians, the shogun Ashikaga Yoshimasa broke his favourite tea bowl. And he was really upset about it, so he sent it off for repairs so he could continue to use it. However, when it was sent back to him, he, he wasn't happy. The repairs were dreadful. You could clearly see that they tried to cover up the cracks, and it just ruined the overall look and feel of the bowl. But what happened then was a local craftsman had an innovative idea and he filled the cracks of the tea bowls with his golden lacquer. And what that meant is the Shogun got his tea bowl back, that it didn't try to hide its cracks or mistakes, but instead it actually highlighted them. And thus, Kintsugi was born. And for centuries, this art form has been centred around respecting and honouring imperfections. If pottery is cracked, instead of hiding them away, they celebrate those cracks. Instead of just throwing something away, they invest time and effort to give it a new lease of life. And and this really got me thinking about how we could learn lessons from that art form and apply them to our own growth. And specifically, I'm talking about when we make mistakes. Here we have this beautiful art form that was created because of an accident. And it has spent hundreds of years celebrating when mistakes happen, those little imperfections. And the question I was then asking myself is, do we treat our own mistakes in the same way? Do we honour them in the same way? Do we celebrate them? Do we draw attention to them? I'm sure most people could guess the answer to this question, and it'll be, of course, we don't. Absolutely not. But then I ask the question, why? Why why do we not celebrate our mistakes? I mean, mistakes are wonderful things, in fact. that They're essential. It's how we learn. It's how we grow. It's like the significant way that our brains and skills develop. It's trial and error. This could be a a child learning to walk, it could be me learning to play a violin, a gymnast trying to perfect a routine, or maybe a chef trying to create a new dish. Literally, mistakes are how we learn whenever we try anything new. They teach us what we don't know, they help us to build resilience, uh, they increase our innovation, and they inspire us to think and act in new ways. And more often than not, they have really positive like impact on us. Um, and sometimes they can even have historical implications. A good example of this, in 1928, Alexander Fleming went on holiday with his family. Uh, and upon his return, he realised that he'd made a mistake and he hadn't cleaned his lab correctly. But what he also noticed was one of the Petri dishes was doing something he didn't plan for. 
and that mistake led to possibly one of the biggest advancements in medicine, the discovery of penicillin. So each and every one of us, without exception, have the skills and the knowledge that we have today because of the mistakes of our past. So then, if mistakes are these wonderful things, if so much of our development relies on them, why do we still see them as these awful, terrible things? Why does the word itself just have such negative connotations? And of course, I looked at the dictionary. It doesn't say in the word itself. The definition is an action, decision, or judgment that produces an unwanted or unintentional result. Nowhere does it say that's a bad thing. Now, naturally, as I asked myself these questions, my curiosity took over, so I did a little digging. And there is a lot of research and opinion on this. Uh, So what I've tried to do is pull out some key themes, which I'd love to share with you. Now, when I share my thoughts, I I love an acronym or I love a saying, but I couldn't find one. So I made one up. Uh, So what I've kind of pulled together is the saying, fear and shame lead to denial and blame. Now, I'm not sure how catchy that is, but I like it. Uh, But I've deliberately made it up of two, two varying points. It's what mistakes trigger within us and then how we react. And they're the two parts that I'd love to talk about today. Now, as I share my thoughts, I'm going to talk very generally. Um, I know that everyone is different, so please don't think I'm being naive in that. I I know we all learn different things based on our experiences, our environments, our families. So what I invite you to do is, as I talk through my thoughts, listen out for the parts that are relevant to you. Does what I say highlight your behaviours? Or maybe it highlights the behaviours of the people around you. But really kind of just see the relevance to your own world. So let's begin with the first part of that phrase then. So fear and shame. Now, these are two incredibly powerful motivators in any walk of life, not just when mistakes are made. So when I say fear, I, I don't mean the fear of mistakes. What I actually mean is the fear of repercussions of mistakes. Uh, and it's important to know that this fear is actually a learned behavior. Uh, and what I find fascinating about this fear is it that can appear or be established at any point in our life. It could be when we were children, we broke a lamp or spilt some orange juice and we were told off for it. That would have then instilled that fear into us. Maybe we went to school and we got a question wrong and we were ridiculed for it. And now we have a fear of getting anything wrong ever again. Maybe it's in the workplace. Uh, We witnessed someone being uh, reprimanded for such a simple mistake. And now we're petrified that the same thing that will happen to us. Or maybe it's in a relationship. We've, We've made a mistake in a previous relationship and that's then ended. Uh, And now we live in fear of that happening again. Now, as I talk through those, you may have experienced some of them, maybe even all of them. Uh, I know I've, I've experienced some of those. And it's the embedding of the belief that mistakes are followed by repercussions or retribution that then dictates how we approach our mistakes. And even if it's not fear that takes over, we, we could experience possibly something that's maybe worse, which is shame. Now, ask yourself the question, when was the last time you felt shame? Can you remember how you felt? chances are it wasn't a good experience for you it is a very strong emotion and it's one that we feel when we act in a way that goes against what is expected of us or what we feel is expected of us and this shame can manifest itself in 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 those situations that we referenced before or or so many different ones we may think that parents uh, partners teachers colleagues managers all have these certain expectations of us so if we make a mistake and act in a way that goes against those expectations, we can very quickly feel as though we've let them down. And and maybe what makes shame a little bit more damaging is they can stem from anything, even the tiniest, often the most irrelevant of mistakes, something that the rest of the world doesn't bat an eyelid at. But deep in our own psychology, we've learned that mistakes are bad and we should be ashamed of it. 
So now all of a sudden, we can kind of see, well, hold on, when we make a mistake, it can trigger both fear and shame in us. And when we say that, why on earth would we want to celebrate that? But understanding that really helps us to understand why people shy away from mistakes then, why we see them as a negative thing. So as I said earlier, mistakes are wonderful things, but when we kind of have fear and shame, instead of embracing those mistakes, that then leads on to denial and blame. And this is where we begin to miss out on the amazing benefits of mistakes. So a very common reaction to a mistake um, is to ignore it, I suppose, (laughs) pretend it never happened, or, or maybe even try and hide it. As children, we may not own up to breaking something. At work, we may try and hide our mistakes. Uh, As long as no one knows about it, we can't really get into trouble. In relationships, we may begin to ignore the cracks and not admit the mistakes that we've made. But I think it's safe to say pretending mistakes don't happen will only ever come back and haunt us. I I certainly have had personal experience about that. I'm sure some of you do as well. But on top of denial, maybe something we see more often is this blame culture. And I'd go as far as saying this is the most common reaction to mistakes. And I guarantee 100% you have all heard someone say something like, it's not my fault or don't blame me. As as I say, I'm guessing you'll instantly recall someone saying it to you uh, quite recently. You may have even said it yourself. And once again, this appears all throughout our lives. If we're constantly taught to, to be afraid or ashamed of a mistake, that gets so tightly connected to our ego that if something does go wrong, we have to show that no blame should be apportioned to us. So sometimes we will say, that's not my fault. And it may be a true statement, but why do we need to say it? I say we're just trying to show that actually no shame should come across us. But I suppose that's something for another day, that part. The part that I really want to talk about, the part that fascinates me, is when it is our fault, when we have made a mistake. We still look to shift blame away from us. So I ask you this, have you ever kicked a table or stood on a piece of Lego? What did you do? I'm guessing you blame the table or you blame that someone else left that Lego on the floor, but you did the action. Um, I was with my brother at the pub the other day and he kicked a table and spilt his beer. And you can guess what his instant reaction was. He blamed the table. He blamed an inanimate object. And look for this in everyday lives. You see it everywhere and it's so common where someone could be late to a meeting and they'll blame the traffic or a queue for a coffee or their emails. Um, A glass falls out of a cupboard at home. Although, Although we open the door, that's not our fault. It must be someone else who stacked it wrong. I can go on and on. Hopefully you'll get my point there. But why is this important? Why am I sharing this with you today? Well, every time that we deny or blame, every time a mistake occurs and we opt against taking ownership of it, we miss out. We miss out on learning opportunities. We miss out on growth. We miss out on ways to improve our work, our skills, our knowledge, our relationships. We are denying ourselves that growth because we have conditioned this negative association with mistakes. So after listening to today's episode, what I would absolutely love is for people to break that pattern, to take control and to recognize mistakes. I'd love people to learn from Kintsugi and understand that celebrating those cracks can make us stronger in the long run. Now, as part of this podcast, uh, it leads me to how we achieve that. Uh, So I'm gonna share a few tips that could hopefully help you uh, embrace those mistakes. And I think I've got four of them today. So tip number one is to check your automatic reactions. Now, the next time you make a mistake, and believe me, there will be a next time, ask yourself how you reacted. Did you instantly blame someone else or something else? Did you try to avoid the mistake or try and dust under the carpet or pretend it never happened? Now, that is such a simple step. But believe me, it is incredibly powerful because what you're doing is you're bringing your unconscious behavior to the forefront of your thinking. 
And the best way to begin to change how you deal with mistakes is to understand how you react to them. Now, I suppose the long-term aim of this would be to, to kind of recognize your reaction in the moment, there and then. Uh, but if this is a new behavior, then doing it retrospectively is a great place to start. And once you've done that, you can then take on tip number two, which would be to take time to understand what triggered that reaction. You've done amazingly well to look at your reactions, so why not go even deeper and try to understand what caused it? If your automatic reaction was to deny the mistake or to place blame elsewhere, why did you do that? Were you afraid of the repercussions uh, or maybe shame was the driving force? Now, this can take a bit of getting used to as well, but the best way to do it is just simply question yourself. Why did I pretend that mistake didn't happen? What was I afraid of? How did I think people would see my mistake? Why did I not want to take ownership? What would have happened next? And these questions are so, so important because you need to find the answers to be able to take advantage of the next tip, which is to identify the growth opportunities within your mistake. And this is almost like the pinnacle of the whole episode of what we're trying to achieve. If you find out that you've been hiding mistakes from your partner, for example, what could you learn from that? Is there an issue of trust that needs addressing? Is there an opportunity to be more open with each other? Maybe it's an opportunity for you to be vulnerable and, and really let someone in and build a connection that way. Um, think about if you make a mistake at work and then you own it. What, what can you learn? By asking those questions, you, could then, you, you get to learn how to do a task correctly. Uh, it could create stronger connections with people who are there to support you. And it shows that you have a willingness to improve. But I suppose most importantly, it, it helps you get better at your job. And no matter where you look, there are learning opportunities within your mistakes. Um, literally the other day, I, I opened a cupboard in the kitchen and a mug fell down and on its way, it, it smashed a few other glasses and a plate. And whilst it was annoying and it was a mistake, I still looked from where I could learn from that. I didn't blame anyone else. It's like, well, it's a mistake, it's happened. And what I learned was, okay, we need to be more careful about how we stack glasses in the future. Um, now, when I put everything away after the washing, I am much more aware of the placement of mugs. So try it on your next mistake. Just take some time and ask the question, what could I learn from this? And, and my last tip following those three would to be celebrate these lessons. Tell people what you've learned. Now, I make a lot of mistakes. I know I do. Uh, I'm especially good at breaking things. Uh, it's generally a running joke about how much I break. Yet anytime something happens, I'm, I'm not fearful. It's something that happens. It, it's going to continue to happen. But what I always make a conscious effort of doing is to share what I've learned from it. So the example of the cups falling from the cupboard, uh, I told people how I can prevent it. So I said, I'm going to be more cautious when I stack things up. Someone else could listen to that and say, okay, I'm going to follow suit as well. Uh, how else has it impacted me? Um, if I cook something and it's not to everyone's liking, a few years ago, that would have sent me kind of like, I, my ego would have been so tightly wound into that that I would have felt shame and said, oh my God, I've, I've provided something that everyone hates. Oh, how bad am I? I'm never going to cook again. Luckily, I don't do that. I follow these tips. And what I do now is, okay, what can I learn? And I open a dialogue about, okay, could I use more or less of an ingredient? Could I use a different protein? And when I share those lessons, I get feedback from people. So not only do I benefit, but if I'm cooking for them, then they're going to benefit in the long run as well. And, and these four tips are incredibly simple when we think about it. It's check your reaction, understand the trigger, identify the growth opportunity and tell people about it. Four very easy steps. However, I will be very honest and say this can take time. You may listen to this episode and immediately change your responses. Alternatively, it could take you a year or so. 
and this has genuinely been a huge part of my own development. I've, I've worked so hard to stop reacting out of fear and shame and to stop hiding my mistakes. But now I love the fact that I have all of these opportunities to learn each and every time I make a mistake. And I know, it's not a case that I feel, I know I am a stronger person, I am a better friend, I am a better colleague because I embrace those mistakes. So I set the same challenge for all of you. From today, make a more conscious effort to own your mistakes. Remember that art form of Kintsugi. Those little mistakes make something even more beautiful. So treat yourself the same way. And when you own your mistakes, when you learn from them, when you grow from them, I promise you that you too will be an even more beautiful piece of art. And with that arguably very cheesy line, uh, we've reached the end of today's episode. Uh, I hope that you are now perhaps have a, a different viewpoint of mistakes and, and start to see them as the growth opportunities that they are. Now, I've had a lovely bunch of messages recently on Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, one listener told me that I was her walking buddy, which really put a smile on my face. And I've also received some really interesting suggestions for future episodes. So please continue to get in touch. Uh, I really do love hearing from you. Uh, of course, please continue to promote the podcast in your own wonderful ways, whether you're posting things on social media, rating or commenting on the podcast directories, or just telling your friends. Uh, I really do appreciate your support in getting the podcast out there. So a big thank you to each and every one of you who listens in. As always, I am truly, truly grateful. I hope you all stay safe and well, and I will speak to you on the next episode of Grow Your Own Way. Goodbye.